going to be good. Father, we thank yes, you. Come on, come on. Lord, you are the God of the impossible. And we thank you this morning. Lord, you are the one that can make a way where there seemed to be no way. We thank you this morning. Father, you are the one that heals today. We thank you this morning. Lord, you're the one that opens doors that nobody can shut. We thank you this morning. You are the Alpha. You're the Omega. You're the beginning from the ending. And we thank you, God, that, Father, everything that we do, God, is all for you. And this morning, Holy Spirit, I ask that you will come and speak to us. That you will come, God, and touch us in a fresh way. That you will come, God, and bring healing in the name of Jesus. That you come, God, and restore what you need to restore in the mighty name of Jesus. We invite you, Holy Spirit, take your place in our lives, in our hearts, God. Take your place right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for a hope. A hope in God that never disappoints. A hope in God that we can keep hoping because you are God. We can keep hoping because you are faithful. We can keep hoping because you've never let us down, God. I thank you, Jesus. That Father, the righteous will never be forsaken and the righteous will never go hungry. I thank you for the provision of heaven for every person in this room for nourishment, for your word, for your bread, for your wine, for your water. In the name of Jesus, we release you, God, to do what you need to do. Yes. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, just want to take a moment to uh, just appreciate all of you guys for being here. Um, I am so thankful for the leadership of this house. Pastor Brent is not here, and we just bless you and thank you for how you lead us. Pastor Kevin and Donna, and you guys are the best of the best. John and Lorna, what can I say? I just appreciate you so much. You guys are mad. Chuck and Rianne, just incredible. You keep standing, you keep worshiping, you know how to win on your knees. I just honor you. And if you're visiting here this morning, you're here for the first time, can you just raise your hand? We bless you. We honor you. We thank you that you've come to visit us. And our prayer is that God will touch you in a way that only he can touch you. In Jesus' name. And for everybody else here, you guys are amazing. I think, <laughs> I think we have... We have we are the best people in the world. We really are. Because I love, I love what God is doing in all of us. I love it that we love Jesus and the presence of God. 
I love it that we love each other so well and we love God so well. And I love it that we show up and then continue to show up. I just, I just think we're, we're pretty amazing people. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> so um, today I'm going to take just 20 minutes. I want to see if I can do it. And uh, <laughs> I just want to talk a little bit. And, um, uh, <laughs> and uh, I preach really good when you talk back to me. And, <laughs> and if you're too quiet, I don't know, I just can't do it. I'm African. Just, if you've ever been to Africa, you know what I'm talking about. If you, have, if you have been to Africa before, you know what I'm talking about. If you've never been to Africa, I want you to imagine yourself in Africa, in a village, in a church, there is no piano, just the drums, and they beat them like this, not like this, right? And, 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 and then the preacher stands up, and everybody goes crazy. And that's what I want today, because we're here to celebrate the one who never fails. Because we're here to celebrate the one, the one, the one. The one and only one. We're here for one thing. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We're here for Him and Him alone. We're not here because of our own agenda. We're not here because we had to be here. We woke up this morning by His grace. We got in the vehicles. We got here to worship Him. To serve Him. To give Him all the highest praise. He is God. Maybe I should read the scripture first. <laughs> so Luke, Luke 10, 38 to 42, and the Bible says, as they continued their travel, Jesus entered a village. And a woman by the name of Martha welcomed him, and it made him feel at home. She had a sister Mary, who sat before the master, hanging on every word she, he said. Martha was pulled away by all she had to do in the kitchen. Later, she stepped in, interrupting them. Master, don't you care that my sister <laughs> has abandoned the kitchen to me? <laughs> Tell her to come and help me. <laughs> the master said, Martha, dear Martha, you're fussing far too much and getting yourself worked up over nothing. One thing is only essential, and Mary has chosen it. It's the main cause and won't be taken from her. And in Mark 17, 14, 17, it says, When the evening came, Jesus arrived with the twelve. While they were reclining at the table, he said, Truly, I tell you, one of you will betray me. One who is eating with me. They were saddened, and one by one, they said to him, Is it me? And he said, It is one of the twelve. One who dips bread into the bowl with me. The Son of Man will go, just as it is written about him. But woe to the man who betrays the son. It will be better if 
for him if he had not been born. It's in the Bible. I am so excited. I'm excited because I feel like we are in such a time as this moment. I'm excited because we've come out of this pandemic that we refuse to crown because only Jesus gets the crown. And we've come out of this and we're going to a place that we've never gone before. Because history, nobody in this room has ever come out of a pandemic and tried to move forward. And I feel that God has positioned us at a time that is the best time in history. This is the best time to be alive. Nobody has walked this journey before. But he, in his grace, allows us to be here today and to continue to lead and go to places we've never been before and lead people into places we've never been before and, and reach a community in ways we've never done before and talk on the phone in ways we've never done before and eat in ways we've never eaten before. And it is really important how we steward this moment. Because I feel like sometimes it's easy to say that we were born for such a time as this. And then we become familiar that we were born for such a time as this. And then we get used to just saying we were born for such a time as this. What if you were to say that with understanding? What if a generation will raise up and say, God, we saw you and how you moved in the, in the pandemic. And God, we saw you and how you moved in hospital rooms and healed. And God, we saw you and how you restored. And God, we saw you and how you were with us. And God, we saw you. Even when the police came here, we saw the hand of God. They came as enemies and they left as friends. And God, we saw you and we remember your faithfulness. And God, we saw you and we're thankful for your grace and your presence in our lives. And that gives all of us opportunity to steward well who sits at your table. You guys have tables in your houses? Me too. Who sits at your table. Because you have opportunity to allow people to sit around your table that have never, ever sat around a table like yours before. Because you all carry the presence of God. You guys all just showed up from heaven. You all came from heaven. Imagine you just arrived from heaven, 
carrying the kingdom of God inside of you. And have some people you've never met before. They don't look like you. They don't smell like you. Sitting at your kitchen table. How big is your table? We, we, we live, we live in a culture that values entertainment so much. We, in every household, there is a television in every household, there is things, you go like this and you play online, in every household, there is things that look like cars, but they're not cars, Kevin has one and you ride them and you feel really good. In every household, we have stuff. In every household, we are told these are the things that make us relax. We are told it's been a busy week, it's been a busy day, and I just need to sit back and have a moment with myself. We are told you have to think about you, what you want what you like, and how you're going to get it. Every day, we are told that. We send our kids to school, and our kids come home, and they start asking questions that are not even in the Bible. (laughs) Because somebody told them, you don't have to be you. You can just choose to be who you want to be, because you don't have to be who God made you to be. And that's supposed to be okay. We live in a culture. We live in a culture. We live in a time in history where everything about everything is about me and is about me and what I want and what makes me happy and how I'm going to get it and everything is about me. And then we use words like margin. I'm finding margin. I'm creating margin so I can spend time with my family. I'm creating margin because my kids need to go to a soccer game. I'm creating margin because I've got to take my wife out. I'm creating margin because I'm not married and I just really want to get married. And so this church stuff takes backseat because I'm looking for a wife. I'm looking for a husband. Whatever it is you're looking for, you call it margin. The problem with that is you end up bringing to Jesus the leftovers. But here's the deal. Your margin was always supposed to be about him and about him alone. Because when he's the center of it all, from the beginning to the ending and in the middle, it makes a difference in your life. It makes a difference in your life. It makes a difference when he is in the middle of everything, from the beginning to the ending and the middle, there was Jesus. That is margin. Everything that you do and who you are, And what you want can only be fulfilled at the feet of Jesus. It doesn't matter what your boss told you. And it doesn't matter what your sister told you. And it doesn't matter what your family told you. 
And it doesn't matter what they told you, and they told you, and they told you. It doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is that you find margin to give God his place in your life. You don't care to change the world when you're the king of your life. Impossible. And so, are you guys sleeping? <laughs> Boy, you're too quiet. Say something. <laughs> Thank you, Becky. <laughs> and so, We have incredibly, as a people, because of our margin and how we see it, we have opinions, strong opinions about who can come around our table. We have strong, really strong opinions. We have really strong opinions as a people about who, who can sit beside us as our, our table. We have really strong opinions. Every chair that is open in this room should be filled. Because as long as people are still going to hell, we're still open for business every day. But here is the deal. What happens when they show up and sit around your table what happens when they come and they take a seat that was said reserved and they sit here comfortably and they haven't showered in 20 days, they haven't, they, they, they haven't bad, they stink, they haven't had their teeth brushed in years and they come and they just sit here because they want the presence of God. What happens when somebody shows up at your table that doesn't look like you? What happens? You want to change your world. Make your table bigger. And be okay sitting with people that don't shout like you. And they don't look like you. They don't even pray like you. They don't smell like you sometimes. You have to be okay with that. Because here is the deal. We have a savior. We have a savior. We have a savior. Here's the good news. We have a savior who set a table and everybody was invited. But we have the audacity to choose who is going to sit on our kitchen table because we are who we are and because we've been told what we've been told. We, we, may, we, we get to decide who sits on our kitchen table. What gives us the right when we haven't been paid the price? What gives you the audacity to think because I'm different? Yes, I am. I'm black. 
what gives you the audacity to think that because I'm different, that your table is reserved for people that don't look like me? What gives you permission to only invite people you think should be around you, around your table, when Jesus is the only one that paid the highest praise? You paid nothing for the table. He paid the highest praise for it. And the problem is this. That's how we behave as a church. We want to touch our communities. But you're not good enough to hang out with me. Because it's much easier to stand on a sweet corner and offer water than it is to say, forget the water, I'll meet you at the restaurant. You love Jesus? Do you guys love Jesus? And you love people? You love Jesus. And we love people. We love Jesus. We love people. Who gets to sit on your kitchen table? Because Jesus' invitation was this. All who were thirsty, and all who were weary, and all who were weak, and those that were hungry, and all who were, were sick, and the homeless, and those that could prophesy, and the Baptists, and the Pentecostals, and the whatever, the Mennonites, he made room for everybody. All, all means everybody, all. He made room for everybody. That's so good. Come on. That is the beauty of the gospel. That Jesus paid the highest price. And the expectation from heaven was that your table will be big enough to include me. I know I'm different. I know I don't look like you. I know I don't talk like you. No, I don't have an accent. And it bugs some people. I know that. But the price that was paid, Jesus made sure that Rian considered your table and it's okay. And he made sure, he made sure, he made sure, Jesus made sure that Tom considered your table and it'll be okay. Jesus made sure, he made sure that Nando can come to your house and pull beside you and it'll be okay. And we have the audacity to choose and pick who gets to collaborate with us and sit with us and talk with us and pray with us. You didn't pay the price. Jesus did. You're not the king. He is. I love Jesus. I love Jesus. Because, because Jesus is the only one who was so inclusive with who he hung out with and who he ate with. 
He was inclusive in his ministry. He was inclusive in his miracles. Jesus, he was inclusive. Jesus, he would allow, he would allow a man to be born blind so he could receive the highest honor. It's not because the man sinned. You know the story. I hope you read your Bible, right? He will spit sand and then rub the spit on somebody's eye and open their eyes. Jesus, he can come to the pool where you've been for 38 years and ask you. He can come to the pool where you've been sitting for 38 years and ask you, do you want to be healed? And I feel that this morning, Jesus is coming at your pool. There are some dreams that you have dreamed in life through something in your face and you thought it was over. I'm here to announce that Jesus paid the highest price. It's not over. He's the only one that can say it's over. We don't care what man says. We don't care what circumstances. It's time for you to arise. Not just talk about the word that was spoken over you. It's time for you to get up and walk it out in the name of Jesus. Sometimes your miracle comes when you take a step forward. But you've been told it's okay to just sit and be cool and hang with your homies. In the kingdom of God, you are supposed to participate in your miracle. You are in the movie. And if you're not walking the walk, you're not even in this story. You can go home. In the kingdom of God, you had to do something. In the kingdom of God, God will set you free. But freedom is your choice. God can deliver you, but to walk in freedom is your choice. He doesn't get to come from heaven and tell you, here, I'm going to carry you for the rest of your life, and I'm going to feed you like a baby with a bottle for the rest of your life. When do you get to grow up? He healed legs because he was God, but he knew would walk away from him. He still healed them. Because he was her God. He healed eyes. He touched them. And he healed the eyes of those he knew. Because he was God. They're going to walk in lust. He still healed them. That is the God that we serve. That is the God that he serve. That he can look at you. And he can heal your hands. Knowing that you're going to use the same hand to steal from him, he'll still heal you. Our God is so amazing, and our God is so good, and our God is so faithful, and our God is so generous, and our God is so giving. There is nobody like our God. There is nobody like our King. There is nobody like like Jesus. Nobody like him. Nobody like him. Nobody like him. Nobody like him. Only God can take what was written off and make it brand new. Nobody else can do that. 
That's why you buy insurance for your cars. If you wreck your car, it's wrecked. If you wreck your life, the same grace, the same grace, the same grace that extends from Aldergrove all the way to Capitol Hill. Where Mr. Trudeau is sitting this morning or yesterday, I don't know. The same grace, the same grace in Abbotsford on the street of dreams, the same grace. The same grace that reaches out and touches Tessie in her home is the same grace that extended to a woman living on the streets of Vancouver who is a prostitute and has never known him better. She hasn't showered for years. It's the same grace. It's the same grace. It's the same incredible grace. It's the same grace that's extended time after time and time after time and time after time. And that is the power of the table. That is the power. Of the table. Because at some point, we have to come to a realization that your faith in God and your faith in the things of heaven and your faith in the things of God is not just a good idea. That your faith in God was supposed to stretch you. In such a powerful way. That his presence begins to ooze out who you are. And that every place you go, even by your shadow, they can be healed. Why not? It's in the Bible and we believe the word of God. We were born for such a time as this. COVID was a setup. Because God was preparing the church to go places we've never gone before. Come on, just walk, journey with me a little. Imagine a church that loves so well that everybody is welcome. A people that care so deeply that anybody that comes here, they go home saying, man, I don't even know what it was. But I'm okay. Your faith in God is not just an idea. It's not just a good idea. It's not just a shout. It's not a Sunday morning club. It's got to be more than that. Your faith in Jesus has to be more than just a good idea. Man, that was good. It's got to be more than that. Because the whole world is looking at you to lead well. What are you doing with it? Faith in God. Has to affect your life. In such a way. And when they see you today. The new yesterday. They don't even recognize you. That's the power. 
of the king that we serve. That is the power of the indomitable God, indomitable God that we serve. That's the power of a God who can do anything. And that's who you serve. Why would you settle? Why would you settle for the synthetic when you can have the authentic? Why would you settle? Your faith in God is more than just an idea. I love the table. In this church, we say sometimes real life happens around the kitchen table. I love the table because I love food. (laughs) But I also love the table because a table represents a place where we can sit together and talk together and pray together. It represents a place where fathers and mothers can sit and begin to talk about heaven and the kingdom of heaven to their children. It's a place where we sit. We get to sit and say things like, Pastor Kevin, when I see you, I just see amazing. It's a place where we get to sit and say, hey, Chad, Chad, when I see you, I see a man who's committed 100% completely to the cause of Jesus, a man committed to his family, a man that loves Jesus more than he loves himself, a man that knows that he was born for such a time as this, a man that realizes that his faith in Jesus is not just an idea, it's not just a good thing, that his faith in Jesus is he's changing lives around him every day. The power of a table. The power of the table. In I just, I love Jesus. I, ju- I just do. Because even my notes don't make any sense. But I just, I just really love Jesus. I just do. I just do. I did the notes, but they make no sense. The power. The power. The power. <laughs> The power of the table, the power of communion, the power of communion, the power of the table. In the four gospel, the Bible says, he took the fish. You guys have read that story. The only story is recording all the four gospels. It's amazing. I'm just about done. If you give me 10 minutes, I haven't preached yet. The good stuff is still coming. Pay attention. Right, yeah. <laughs> if you da- don't, I'm African. We get offended. <laughs> Can't come to church and sleep. That's just wrong. 
I don't know. I'm not as funny as John, but I try. So here's the deal, man. This is the story that's written in the four gospels. The Bible says that he, he took two fish and five loaves, loaves and he multiplied. So all could eat. Are you guys hungry? Here's what I like about this story, you guys, is uh, like what Matthew says. Matthew says that he, God, that he, God, says, they brought him the loves, he took it, he blessed it, he looked up to heaven, and he broke. He didn't say he broke the loves in Matthew. It just says he broke. What if he broke more than just the love? What if for every hindrance in your life, that the king of kings, he broke the limitations of the bread. He broke the limitations of the bread. That means there is a hole in the wall. You can walk through it. He broke the limitations of the bread. That means that the water is heavy enough. You can walk on it. He broke the limitations of the bread. He broke the limitations. He took it and he broke and he said, whatever you dream, if you'll dream with me, I'll make it come to pass in the name of Jesus. He broke the limitation and he said, if you're sick in your body, if you'll align with heaven, I will heal you in the mighty name of Jesus. He broke the limitation and he said, the dream, the dreams, the dreams, the dreams in your heart, if you call ever with me, they will come to fruition in the name of Jesus. It was more than the bread. Because he wanted us to understand that our faith in him is more than just a good idea. What is limiting you from having a table big enough that you can call ever with heaven? You can't save money because I'm African and I know what poor people look like. And nobody here poor. But for some of us sitting here this morning, he needs to break the, the limitation of a mentality of what being poor looks like. I can tell you for surety, unless you've been to Africa, in my village, you don't know what poverty looks like. You are not poor. So walk like it. And behave like it. Because you are called for such a time as this. You are the one. You are the one. He has sent to release his presence in Alder Grove. 
You are the one he sent and planted on your street corner for your neighbor. Your life is not about you. And you're not the king of it. Sorry. He is Jesus. Jesus talks about the kingdom of God in, uh, in Luke 14, like a meal. And he says, you guys know the story? You read your Bible, right? Yes. Good. Okay. I'm going to start from 21. The servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town and bring in the poor and bring in the crippled and bring in the lamb. <laughs> so the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told the sea servant, go out to the roads and the country lands and compel them to come so my house will be full. You can come to the table just as you are. God is no respecter of persons. It doesn't matter what you came carrying on your back to this church this morning. You can have a miracle today. It doesn't matter that your life circumstance causes you to be hopeless. Your miracle is available for you today. Yes. Your miracle is available for you today. You can come to a place like Windward on a Sunday morning one way and live a different way because your miracle, your miracle, your miracle, your miracle, the miracle, the God of the table is right here with us this morning. What are you in need of? What is it that you're wanting? God is able. What is the cry of your heart? He's able. What keeps you up all night? He's able. He's able. He's able. He's able. He is able. Our God, you are God. Our God, you are God. He is the only one. There's nobody else like him. He's the only one who's able and he can do exceedingly. He can also do abundantly, above and beyond what your mind can think of or imagine or fathom. Our God, he is able. Our God, he is able. And sometimes, when you live in a world that tells you everything is about you, every now and then, that God will remind you, it's not about you. Every now and then, when you live in a place where you're feeling hopeless and you're feeling fear because we've come out of this pandemic and we don't know how to navigate the next season, that God will say, fear not. And he'll bring you to a place like this and give you family. Real family. You guys are the real deal. Come 
the picture of the kingdom is that there's a chair for all at the feet of Jesus. I'm going to read Luke 10. The Bible says that they continued their travel. Jesus entered a village. A woman by the name of Martha welcomed him and made him feel at home. She had a sister Mary who sat before the master, hanging on every word. You guys listen because the good is coming. But Martha was pulled away by all she had to do in the kitchen. Later she stepped in, interrupting them. Master, don't you care? My sister has abandoned me in the kitchen. Tell her to come and lend me a hand. We read that. The master said, Martha, oh dear Martha, you're fussing for too much and getting yourself worked up over nothing. And I feel like sometimes... Every now and then, because we didn't get what we wanted to get, we make it into a really big deal, and the deal wasn't that big. This happens in a place like this too. The beautiful thing about the gospel and the power of a table is that he made provision for us. And even in those moments, his grace still extends. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. It's okay to fall. Just get up by his grace and keep walking. That is the miracle of heaven, that you get up and you keep walking. That is the power of the table, that you get up and you put one step in front of you and you keep going. That is the power of the word of God, that if it be for you, who can be against you? That if God be for you, who can be against you? And you get up and you keep walking because you know and we've sung it that our God he is a way maker, that our God he is a promise keeper, there is nobody like our God, I just get happy saying that because that's a reality in my life that my God, he is a way maker my God, he has kept his promise to me and my God will keep his promise, every promise to us for a thousand generations This is the best time in history to be alive because we get to walk out at such a time as this with our favorite homies on our sides eating butter chicken together. There is nothing like that. To live life of faith it will live aware that your life is not about you but about the one who is able to live a life of faith is to understand that loving Jesus 
with all your heart, soul, and mind, and loving people well, is heaven's expectations on all of us. It's a reasonable service. It's not that much. That is it. He paid the highest price, and that's all we get to do. There's no deal like that in the world. You gotta work your butt off to just become who you think you're supposed to be. But God already has told you who you're supposed to be. That you are lenders to the nations. You don't get to borrow. You are the head. You'll never be the tail. You are the ones that he has entrusted his kingdom. You are the ones. He's put it in your hand and say, my child, go and change your city. Go and change your world in the mighty name of Jesus. And all you had to do was get up and walk again. You don't get to choose which neighbor you're going to love. Because his command was clear. Just love your neighbor. To live a life of faith is to be aware, to live a life aware of the power and authority that God has put in your hands. That you are powerful people. When you open your mouth, every demon in hell trembles when you are aligned with heaven. When you open your mouth and release life, every sickness has to go. That is who you are. That is who you are. When you walk to the marketplace and you show up with your smile and you just pull next to them and say, I'm so happy to see you today. You are amazing. That changes the world. Your life is not for you. Don't just live to look good. Live to make him look amazing. I'm going to finish up quickly in this story. Jesus uh, is going somewhere. And then he decides, you know, uh, he decides I'm just going to make a detour. Um, in Africa, we do this all the time. We make detours depending where the good smell is coming from. <laughs> if I'm going home and the smell is really good there, I don't go home. I go there. <laughs> Why would I go home? I go there, I eat, and then I go home. <laughs> and then I eat again. But here's the deal. The relationship between Jesus, Martha, and Lazarus is very interesting because it seems to me that Jesus just showed up to just hang out. He didn't show up for ministry. I don't know. He didn't come to, I don't know, do a sword on everybody. He just came. He was just... They were just going somewhere, and then they went there. I don't, that's what the Bible said, I think. 
and Martha comes into the room and Jesus is there and her number one priority is how do we steward the presence of God in our home? What do we need to do? This is Jesus who has come to visit. And so Martha is thinking, I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure the kitchen is clean, the laundry is put away, whatever else you do when you're preparing for your guest. Some of you do nothing because I've been to some houses and it looks like you do. Anyway, <laughs> I'm just kidding, actually. <laughs> You guys do really amazing. Um, so Martha, Martha is just trying to host Jesus. And Mary is the feet of Jesus, trying to learn from Jesus. Martha is in the kitchen, trying to make sure that the food is going to taste good. Mary doesn't understand that if I, need, if I want to eat, I should go to the kitchen, Right? You have to remember this, this is a culture where how you took care of people mattered. Yeah. How you welcomed people in your environment was so significant. What you did to make your, your guests feel welcome was incredibly, incredibly important. And uh, uh, so the motive in Martha's heart, heart was just to host well. Martha wants to create a safe place. For Jesus to hang out and relax. She wants Jesus to feel comfortable in her home. And there's this fight that's happening in the story between Martha and Mary. That Martha is trying to make sure that Jesus gets the best iced tea like we make in our life group in our home. And Mary just wants to sit and listen and learn from the King of Kings. Everyone's a clean house. Martha just wants to soak in the presence of God. Mary wants to make sure the table is set. It looks good for Jesus and all his buddies. As Martha, Mary just wanted to say, hey, a little, sit, I'm going to sit at your feet. I, just, I see some, some opening there. She's so concerned and so aware of the presence of God. That what, that's what, what moves her heart. And there's nowhere in the Bible it actually says that Mary was lazy. Mary was just stewarding well what was on her, in her heart. From beginning to ending, you are the best mother when you are Mary first. The presence of God. And so,
there's a place for Martha. You all know that. Because it's easy to be a Mary when you know <laughs> it's really, really easy to be a Mary and just come and, uh, and, and, and kneel right here and, and just worship God. It's easy to be a Mary when you don't have the responsibility of welcoming a guest. It's easy to be a Mary when you don't have a mortgage to pay. And it is so easy to be a Mary when you don't have, a, when you don't have children or a family to take care of. You can be a Mary. That's right. It's easy to be a Mary. When there's no responsibility. When your life is just me and God and he called me alone on this island. And me and God and this island were going to change the world. And on a, on, on, a, on a Tuesday evening, you show up here at the office and say, hey, Pastor Kevin, I don't have rent. But you spend your whole week, Monday to Monday, as a Mary, refusing to work because God told you that it was all about the presence. And you didn't have to eat. If you die, you die. I wasn't in the Bible either. problem with being a Martha and never having the balance is you live a life of doing and the doing and what you do becomes your identity and when that thing is removed from you you don't know what to do with yourself because you never learned how to spend time at the feet of Jesus the power of a table is that there comes a time and a place where at the table we have a Mary and at the table we have a Martha. And they, 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 here is what makes you a mature Christian in the Lord. You live in the balance of a Mary. I do what God has called me to do. You live in the balance of a Martha, realizing and recognizing that because, except for Jesus, you can do nothing. The power of a table. The power of a table. Martha is setting the table for Jesus. Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus. Here's a miracle in the story. Did you know that this is the only place in the Bible and in that culture that you will ever see a woman sitting at the feet of Jesus? At the feet of a rabbi? Do you see the power of the gospel? Do you see the power of the king of kings who died for both the Gentiles and he died for the Jews and he died for the short and the big and the tall and the small but his blood was sufficient. His watery blood when he came running down his face he was looking right at you and he was saying every barrier every barrier I don't bend to the culture. I bend to the culture of heaven and nothing but heaven is going to move me. He broke the limitations of the idea that women were not supposed to sit at the feet of Jesus. Yeah, come on. Come on. He broke every limitation. Yeah. 
And some of us, we have lived in these areas of our lives that have limited our capacity to extend our boundaries and to extend our borders and to serve the king the way you are called to serve him. How big is your table? And how many chairs do you have at the table? And how why have you limited the grace of God in your life from going into those areas that you know only his grace, only his grace that extends every morning, only his grace and his mercy that are new every morning, they new every day, only God can touch those areas and bring health, the power of a table. Everybody, all of us, have an opportunity to change the world. Everybody, not just Pastor Kevin, not just Pastor Chuck and Rian, everybody, everybody sitting here this morning, you have the same opportunity that Pastor Kevin has to change your world. Everybody, don't you limit what God wants to do in you. Don't you limit the capacity that God wants to put in you. Don't you limit, don't you limit the move of God in your life. And we came out of COVID with fear. And some of us, we have these dreams, and they're big dreams, and the only thing that is killing your dream from becoming a reality is the fear that you walk in every day that I'm going to die. Our God is so good. Our God is so faithful. Our God is so gracious. This moment changed Mary's life. And after this moment, every time you run into Mary, she is at the feet of Jesus. When Lazarus dies in John 11, and Jesus doesn't show up on time, and Martha is mad because if you're here, If he showed up on time, my brother would have died. And Jesus says, don't worry, your your brother will live again in the name of Jesus. And she says, yeah, I know he'll live again. But if you are here, if you are right on time, he would have died. Mary comes out of her secret place and she says the same thing to Jesus. But where does she say it? At the feet of Jesus. God, thank you for being here. God, you are still God. Whether my brother lives or dies, you are still God. 
God, you are the one that I worship. I don't do it so you can do something for me. I come to you and I worship you just because of you, oh God. Just because of who you are. Just because of who you are in my life. Just because of your faithfulness to me. I have seen you move mountains. And I have seen you crush uh, giants in my life. And God, I come to you in humility. And I say, God, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Jesus, I adore you. Jesus, I worship you. You alone deserve my worship. You alone deserve my praise. I exalt you, God, from the rising of the sun until the sun sets. May your name be glorified, God. Father, you are able to do exceedingly. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you for the things of heaven. I thank you, God, for how you have touched my life and changed me. That was the posture of Mary. And Jesus' response was, show me the grave. Let's go to the grave right now. When you approach God, when you come to Jesus, and you're demanding what you think is yours, because I did that, you owe me this. That's religion. When you come to Jesus like a Mary and worship him, a father, if I was barren and I could never have a child, you'll still be worth it. That is relationship. And then he tells you, where is the grave? Where did you lay him? And you all know the end of the story. And I feel this morning that God is calling his church because all of us are really here for such a time as this. Those are not pretty words. You have been, you have been positioned in a time of history that other people have never had opportunity to be a part of. Bonnie Henry said his stuff was still here today. You have been positioned to change your world. You have been positioned, positioned to show up in places full of sickness and walk away with the house rejoicing and jumping on their feet because of the power in the name of Jesus. You have been positioned to bring reconciliation into your families. Some of our families are so separated. But for such a time as this, he has called us. But we had to learn to forgive first. And the beauty of a Martha and a Mary is that all of us have the equal grace to be a Martha and to be a Mary to serve out of spending time on our knees with Jesus. Because out of, outside of that, it's just religion. And when you burn out, you have nothing to hang on to. I feel like we're in a moment where God is going to restore what the locust has eaten. What has been stolen from you, that is yours. We're living at a time that our God is going to restore 
were living. Where is your such a time as this? We are the men and women that will raise up and say, this is such a time as this. There will never be another moment like this. This is it. Can I get some music? <laughs> Jesus paid the highest praise for you and I to live in the balance of Mary and Martha and the season where the Marthas showed up and did all the cleaning of the church that that season is done that your mark of maturity in Christ that you find the balance of knowing everything about me is about him and finding the balance at the feet of Jesus this is what's going to change your world this is the power of a table that at the table we see Mary and we see Martha both of them stewarding what God has put in their hearts and doing that really well because they understood that God will bless what I steward well There's a call of God on your life. There's a mandate on your life. And just like he broke the bread, every limitation and everything that has held you captive and everything that has prohibited you from becoming and doing and being who God has called you to be is broken today in the name of Jesus. That there is nothing that is standing in your way that in the name of Jesus, every dream that he put in your life, every dream that he put in your heart, every seed that was planted, that in this moment, in your such a time of this, would germinate and grow and bear fruit in the powerful name of Jesus. If you're here this morning, I'm going to call the ministry team. And if you're here this morning and God's been speaking to you and you know there are areas in your life that God needs to work on today, His grace is extended for you. You can come just like you are. There is no prerequisites. His call on your life is real. His word over you is real. The word that is spoken into your life, they are real. Your dreams, when you dream with God, they become reality. And this morning, that God has taken every limitation off, would you step up in faith and go home with your miracle today? You're welcome to pray for each other just where you're at you're also welcome to take a step of faith and these amazing people they're not just going to pray for you but throughout the week they're going to give you a call and say how are you doing how are things going because we're real family and that's the power of the table Amen <laughs>